0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the OM Podcast with me, Andrew Suit, and brought to you by Ozark Mission Project. Thank you for listening today. This is a special Advent and Christmas episode, and my guests are former college staff Ben Cogbill and Liam Daniel. I've asked them to join me to talk about how the OMP lifestyle leads to a life of generosity. First, though, here's a recap of what OMP was able to accomplish through generous donors, campers, college, and volunteer staff and so many others during the 2021 camp season. OMP served 14,796 volunteer hours without even running full camps. Against all odds, 180 neighbors were served through generous donations and hands-on mission as OMP built relationships and reached out in our communities. As of recording time, OMP is well on its way to reach an ambitious Giving Tuesday goal of $22,022 with an incredible matching donation from Bale Chevrolet in Little Rock, making a double impact for our neighbors in Arkansas. Consider OMP this year in your Christmas giving. my guests today are Ben Cogbill and Liam Daniel. Both have served as college staff and have gone beyond Ozark Mission Project, like uh, above and beyond in some ways. And they're catching the generosity bug. So guys, they specifically suggest that I I talk to you. This is going to be the uh, December podcast. And so could you just uh, tell us a little bit about about yourselves?
1: I'm Ben. I go to Hendricks College uh, right now. I'm a sophomore here, but I'm from Little Rock. I grew up in Little Rock, and I grew up uh, going to Asbury United Methodist Church, which is I I still go there in Little Rock.
2: And then we've got uh, Liam. Yeah, uh, I'm Liam. I'm a senior at uh, UALR, uh, majoring in information science. Uh, I've been on college staff for the last three years, uh, and I go to Oak Forest United Methodist, where one of the founders, Mark Laster, used to preach a very long time ago
0: a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away.
2: Just a little bit. So Liam, let's stick with you for a minute and then
0: we'll go back to Ben. When did you first get involved with with OMP?
2: I first got involved the first time I could go to a high school camp. So after eight, or the summer of eighth grade, I guess, after eighth grade. Uh, And then I was a camper for five years until I graduated high school. And then uh, I've, like I said, I've done college staff for the last three years of my college. It's been something I've enjoyed and I think I'm probably doing it again this summer.
0: Ben, how about you? When did you first get involved with Ozark Mission Project?
1: Well, uh, like Liam, I started going to camps when I first could. My youth group was pretty small at the time, so um, we would bring uh, maybe two drivers and maybe two groups, but um, I really enjoyed it, and, you know, when COVID happened, it kind of rolled out all my plans for that, but uh, about September of 2020, I... Started working in the office with OMP, just doing like helping organize and inventory and just things like that. So that led to me applying for college staff uh, summer of 2021. So I did that. That was fun. And then I do things in the office now, and I'm applying for college staff
0: for the summer
1: of I guess 2022.
0: It's been a strange couple of years because 2020 yes. was OMP <laughs> Connect. It was virtual, mm-hmm. which was strange, and then this last year um, was more of a day camp model. So, what was that mm-hmm. like for you guys? Now that you're on the other side of of college staff on kind of a different way of doing OMP, what 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 was it like?
2: Oh, uh, well, I can definitely say for me, I didn't realize how uh, how much actual hard work it was. It was a bit of a shock. You you never you never see the late night meetings that they have to go through after they put that they put you to bed as a camper uh, but then also I think it's probably a bit more rewarding just because you get to see all the kids kind of grow in God and also all the people you get to help at every camp throughout the summer it's definitely something that's fun to do
1: and I will say about the whole day camp thing I've never like I never experienced doing college staff when there were actual overnight camps, which is a big reason why I wanted to give it a try this summer because I want to be able to experience the overnight type. But the day camp presented its own set of uh, challenges.
0: Now, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong too, I think both of you have been involved with what OMP calls uh, pop-up projects. When a need arises that's not during summer camp, you mm-hmm. you, two have participated in those. What, what, what was that like?
1: I can speak to that. Me and Liam both have We've actually probably done three or four at this point where we've both been there, but it's a little bit different than just doing it at a camp because you have, the goal is to basically get it done ASAP. You can still, you still have that time to talk with a neighbor a little bit, but it's more of a thing where the need is at a really high level. So you may have an individual who like physically cannot get out of their house or something like that. And so you have to get in there and there will be somebody like Hank or Clint. And like Hank has this crew of guys that will, that are just like expert wheelchair ramp builders. And you just kind of do what they say. And it's not really a, <laughs> it's not really a time to learn a time to, it's mostly a time to, okay, it's time to get this done. And it like, it's the type of thing where we may give a group three days to do a project, but if it's a crew of, you know, five of uh, former college staffers, so-and-so so, we can get the wheelchair ramp 20 30 feet done you know I've even had them done before lunch it's definitely a different experience. Liam
0: how about you? Uh,
2: I've really enjoyed them they've uh, they're always the projects that are closest to home they, they're generally just done in either Little Rock or North Little Rock or in like the Lakewood area because that's where, where Hank is uh, and I got to do one actually not last Saturday but Saturday after the 20th on a neighbor's house who was only about like a five minute drive away from my house. So I, I didn't have to go too far to help someone. I got to do that ramp with Michael McMurray and some campers from Pulaski Heights, who I actually had over the summer. So it was good to see them again and get to do more projects and more work with them. I think they generally do probably about one pop-up project a month, which I think is may, maybe one or two, but I think generally around one a month. OMP tries to do, which I think is really good. Trying, still trying to get some work done, even when we don't have all the campers, like we do during the two, three summer months.
0: What were you going to say, Ben?
2: Oh, I was just saying that
1: the pop-up projects have actually given us a lot of. They've done a lot more than what people think. Um, we had one for the actually the UCA Wesley Foundation did one. It's really interesting because you can get small groups to come do a pop-up project, and then it's a good way for people to get a little exposure to OMP without going to the whole week. And so then they get kind of in the OMP mindset and then that may encourage people to, you know go out and apply for college staff. And so um, we've encouraged like maybe if a youth group wants to take up a pop-up project or like groups like that, college uh, groups it, it actually helps uh, bring a lot of people into the OMP circle.
0: So guys, um, we are recording this actually on Giving Tuesday, and we're talking about generosity because this is the December episode, which is kind of weird because people can listen to this in December of 2021, or they might be listening it to, to it for a, a year from now. But I got to thinking, I don't know what you think about this, we sometimes get it exactly backwards. Like we just had Thanksgiving, so we're we're thankful for what we have, followed by Black Friday where we're... Trying to get deals on new stuff, and then we have Cyber Monday. Okay, go buy stuff online, and then finally we have Giving Tuesday. Don't you think we ought to start with Giving Tuesday and start with generosity? Maybe you hit it right before Thanksgiving,
2: or, or maybe you just swap Thanksgiving and <laughs> Giving Tuesday.
0: There you go. Have Have so, Giving Tuesday. Have before have, Thanksgiving.
2: have Thanksgiving at the end of the month. So your Yeah, you're thank you're thankful for all the deals that you got.
0: Well, OMP is not. It's it's non-denominational in a way, meaning that um, the people who started were United Methodists, but all types of people can come to Ozark Mission Project camps and and participate. No matter what your faith background, or maybe you, you don't even have a faith background, I think we can all agree that helping um, our neighbors or helping people in need is, is really important. Um, as a matter of fact, John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, he's attributed with this quote, you guys may have heard this before, Do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as ever you can. And and so it's really interesting to me to think about, um, John Wesley also talked about how when it comes to generosity, we need to earn all we can, in in other words, work hard uh, to make a living, but also to save all you can, and finally to give all you can. I don't know how much you guys know about John Wesley, but I've heard that he was, lived really frugally. And by the end of his life, he was living on one to 2% of his income and then giving it, the rest of it away. I would love to do that. <laughs> ben and Liam have really caught the generosity bug. And uh, United Methodist Bishop Bishop Robert Schnasey wrote a book called The Five Practices of Fruitful Congregations. And one of them he talked about is extravagant generosity. And I like that he adds a word, it's not just generosity, but it's extravagant generosity. It's like above and beyond. So, so what do you think he means by that? Or what has been your experience with extravagant generosity?
1: I think when a lot of people think about generosity, one of the first things they think about is money. And I think there is a time and place for like helping out financially. But I think even more valuable A lot of people have time and skills they can contribute to where it can even be more valuable than just writing a check. And I think it's also just about being able to putting yourself first. I mean, uh, putting, putting the needs of others first before the needs of yourself, because I think as Christians, we always go or I always go back to, okay, I want to be able to follow the example of Jesus Christ. And I think one of the first things that Jesus does, and, and one of the most important things that Jesus does is he puts others before himself consistently. And so I think those are kind of two places, I guess, that I would start. It's obviously a big question. Um, how, how can one be generous? We try to get at that a lot. And especially when it comes to money, it can be a little bit of an awkward conversation, but it doesn't stop and end financially.
0: Yeah, and for our listeners who don't know, I'm I'm a pastor, and so I talk to my congregation all the time about giving and generosity and and tithing, and the interesting thing about the tithe in the Bible is it's about giving 10% of your income, yet I think the pattern we actually see if we follow Jesus, like you said, Ben, is that he gave it all, so it's kind of more in terms of how do we live on what God has given us? while trying to almost outgive Jesus, if it were possible, we can't possibly do that. But we're trying to live like he did, in a generous way, where he gave his very life for
2: us. So Liam, what does extravagant generosity mean to you? Uh, I think it just means to like, to, to live a life of extravagant generosity is to just help those around you and your church, whenever you get the opportunity to, I think. So it's just like, It can be simple things like acts of kindness to strangers you see on the street or maybe sitting down and talking to someone uh, that hasn't had a good conversation in a while or something like that. Or it could just be volunteering at your church through maybe they have pop-up projects they go and do or, you know, they have their food pantry every few weeks or maybe a clinic like my church does vision and dental clinics that they have and people can volunteer at that to help out. Or, or maybe they have some sort of activity like VBS or, you know, some sort of youth group that maybe they need someone to come in and cook food or something like that. So I think it's just uh, just helping out any way you can whenever you get that opportunity to like John Wesley said, just get giving with what you have whenever you kind of get the chance to, I think.
0: Yeah, and I love being on this podcast or hosting it and, and having you be here, too. We get to plug some things. So my my church uh, does a VBS for kids with special needs, which is really cool to specialize. And they also have a, a they have a food pantry ministry, but they also have a sharing fridge ministry. Like if you've seen the blessing boxes, and I want to say, doesn't OMP have one at their office or maybe the church where it's located? Is there yeah, a blessing there's, box?
2: There, there's one outside. I thought there was. You can put the- Typically we main
0: like
1: will maintain it. Like I have gotten food for it before. On behalf of the
0: office if you're not for our listeners if you're not familiar with the concept it's basically take a can give a can kind of situation Mm -hmm. but the sharing fridge that we have at Salem and Conway is um, the same concept only it's a refrigerator so you can have perishable foods and they're able to collect you know food that people donate but also they get some food from area restaurants and uh, and stores too so that's really cool
2: and I know there's some variations of those type of boxes that different churches do. Like I know mine has uh, the book library. Yeah, book library. a a box for, you know, put children's books in so that people in the neighborhood can get books to read to their kids and then swap them out when they're done with them or maybe bring some if they don't need them anymore.
0: Yeah, that's getting to be popular. Speaking of pop-up projects, there's these library boxes and these uh, blessing boxes popping up all over the place lately.
2: Yeah, I know. uh, I think during... Uh, Pulaski Heights camp, we actually made a, either one of the blessing boxes or the book library for Primrose out on Dixon Road. So that was fun. We got a, we got a group of people to make a box for them. So
0: that reminds me of another plug. That's a a connection is to the Arkansas United Methodist Church's uh, initiative, 200,000 more reasons. And so these types of projects really help with that Several years ago, I think they talked about how there are 200,000 kids in Arkansas that are food insecure. And that number has shrunk again, but they changed it then to 200,000 more reasons that has to deal with literacy. So the the books and um, education and as well as food insecurity. So there's a lot of good things happening, generous things happening. And you both remind me about how it's not just the money situation, but I've heard it said the three T's, giving of your time, your talents, and your treasures. In other words, your time, then also your resources, but also the talents that you have to offer. A uh, shift, I think, often happens when we begin to serve others on behalf of God. At first, I think I've noticed this as a former youth minister too. Often we do things or youth would do things because, oh, I feel good. I get to give back to my community. This is really neat. And then it shifts and becomes a lifestyle where you think I do this because that's who God made me to be. So, what do you think about this? Have have you guys experienced that
2: shift? I definitely think I have because it used to kind of be like, oh, I I enjoy doing this, and I kind of like you know I like helping people. It makes me, you know, feel I guess it, feel, it kind of feels selfish, but it makes me feel good whenever I get to help people, with like with my talents, and or like building a wheelchair ramp or just talking to them, making them feel better. Uh, but now is I think it's more of I used to just do it cuz it made me feel good but now I think I just take any opportunity that comes my way even if it may not be something that I want to do at that moment or maybe I don't have uh maybe I feel like I don't have the time for it and like you know I've got all these other school stuff that I'm worrying about but I'll still take the time to go do a pop-up project on Saturday when I could be doing all this homework I think it's now I just do it whenever it comes my way just like when like I said whenever I get the opportunity to to help people and I do it because I know that the, the Lord put it in front of me for a reason. So this is something that he wants me to do. Uh, and so I will, I will help whoever it is, how I can, whenever he puts that opportunity in front of me, even if it may not be, maybe, maybe, even if I feel like I may not be in the right situation to do so.
0: Liam, you have made me add another T to that time, talent, and treasures thing. Time, talent, treasures, and then a tap on the shoulder from, from God. So how about how about you, Ben? Have you seen that shift occur in you from, hey, this makes me feel good or you get some good vibes out of it versus, hey, God is just calling me to to live this way.
1: I mean, I I think I think when it comes down to it, I what I always say is that I think it's almost always correct that um, we know in our heart what's the right thing to do. People may avoid that. And come up with ways to dodge it. But even if it's the hard thing to do, we all know what the right thing to do is. And the thing is, like doing those things, like helping people out, it uh, it just feels like the right thing to do. And it feels like you know where God is calling me to be, because you know, like Liam said, sometimes the opportunity is just uh, too right in front of your face for it to be anything else.
0: Yeah, I have a church member. She says, sometimes we, we get so stressed on, okay, I don't know if it's worry about the future or kind of regrets from the past, but she says, it's all about just doing the next right thing. So what what is the next right step? And it's, it's about learning to do that. Well, um, as I mentioned before, this is actually being recorded on Giving Tuesday. So we're about halfway through the day. Liam, you said you found out what is how far are we at as far as the goal goes
2: currently at $9,207 of the 22,000 we're looking to raise
0: so not quite halfway there about halfway through the day I think I think we're going to make it I sure hope so of course you might be listening to this our listeners in December or maybe a year later so guess what you can still give to Ozark Mission Project just go to OzarkMissionProject.org or you can also um go to their Facebook page. As you strive to be a generous person, um, OMP definitely appreciates your support, especially as lumber costs went up. And uh, I think they're beginning to come back down again, but it it costs money to do some of these projects.
2: Yes, it does.
0: They are not cheap. (laughs) (laughs) Well, please give each of you, if you wouldn't mind, um, give our listeners one practical challenge that they could do maybe this season to to live a life of extravagant generosity.
1: Well, I think a big part of it is like, whenever I played football in junior high, they used to tell us, you know, do the right thing even when nobody's looking. And I mean, they only meant that in terms of like, do the pushups you're supposed to do, but it also applies to doing the right thing. What you know is right, even when, you know, no one is going to know that if you did it or not. And it starts with really small things like, Let's take something like, oh, returning a shopping cart when you go to Kroger. You know, if you leave it, no one's going to notice. No one's going to know that you left it. But um, we all know what the right thing to do is, which is put it in the, the rack so it's easier for the, for the worker to pick it up. And I think by doing small things like that, by, by, you know, doing those small things that you know are right, but you know that, you know, no one is going to know if you did it or not that's a great way to get yourself in an attitude of generosity in an attitude of service to others. And, and being in that attitude and just that headspace, it, it helps you to, to do the right things when it's sometimes a hard decision to make and it's not as cut and dry. And it also just helps you to be that person that people, that people know shows that kindness and love and generosity.
0: That's good, Ben. It's the attitude. I like that because then you're looking for opportunities versus some Mm -hmm. people talk, sometimes people talk about, well, there, I did my good deed for the day and now I don't have to do it anymore versus constantly looking for the opportunities. I I love that you gave us something simple, like put the cart back and the cart return. Mm -hmm. Liam, what practical challenge do you have to offer?
2: Uh, I think mine is just kind of just to take the first opportunity opportunity that comes your way even if it may not like i said it may not be something you're you've done before or maybe something you're comfortable with like maybe you have a really hard time with conversation like i do sometimes and maybe it's just go talk to a stranger for a while or have a have a conversation with them or maybe it's just unloading food for the food pantry at your local church you know whenever whenever they need the hands or volunteering at a clinic, like I said, just kind of finding ways to do something, even if it may not feel like you have the time to do it, or maybe you feel like you don't even have the talents to do it, but you never know until you try it. And sometimes you might even be really good at it.
0: That's great. So give things a try that maybe you wouldn't have done before, because I think probably all three of us are here because of that. We've, We've tried new things and then found maybe a calling in it. So one other piece that's related and kind of our last question here, guys, is um, a classic OMP sharing question. Sharing is the time at the end of the day where you've kind of reflected on the day. So based on what you're both saying, how have you seen God lately? And when you're looking for God every day, you're more likely to, to see God. So how have you seen God lately?
2: For me, just on a personal level, it's just kind of been through my schoolwork and trying to finish up the semester strong. It always seems to all come all, all, the, all the due dates and major projects seem to all be due at the exact same time. And I always feel like I never have the, the, the energy or you know the mor- morale to do it, but uh, the Lord finds a way to get me through it and give me that strength to finish up that work. I guess also recently, I'll, I'll just say that, uh, like I said before, I did that pop-up project about like 10, day, 10 days ago at this point where I got to work with my director from Plathy Heights, Michael McMurray. Again, I got to see Clint, always fun to work work with him. And then also some campers from PH that I had over the summer. So it was just good to see them. Good to see that they're still having fun and going out there and helping people whenever they, whenever they get the chance.
0: Ben, how have you seen God lately? One way I've seen God is just the way that
1: this campus has really adopted an attitude of uh, helping students as we move into a really stressful time because Um, I don't know if everybody realizes, but being in college in this time is really hard because we've just, this is like my second day back from Thanksgiving break, and then we just hit classes hard for a week and then go right into finals. And so there's a lot to do, and it's really, really stressful. But our teachers have just been super helpful and accommodating. And there's been a ton of stuff on campus that's like de-stress activities, and it's really just meant a lot to have like people in your corner and knowing that the people around you are supporting you, even when things are very stressful. And that's just where I've seen God lately. I've seen a lot of God in my church family recently and uh, in my faith community here at Hendricks as well.
0: I think I've seen God lately in um, being able to take some time. Today is just like plugging other things, too, on top of OMP but uh, went up to Mount Eagle with my family and just had a couple of days up there. So it kind of reminds me, like you said, this is a very stressful time as students, but um, Mm -hmm. in the life of the church as a pastor, gosh, I mean, this is the, they call it the Super Bowl time of the year, Um, you know, Advent and Christmas and then Lent and Easter, kind of the big seasons of the year. Just that pattern that you're you're finding rest even in your busyness and and trying to get things done um, that Jesus kind of showed us that pattern. He and the disciples were go, go, go all the time, but also they took time away. So um, I hope you both can find some time away, especially once you get finished with finals and it'll just be like, ah, ah, sigh of relief.
2: I'm definitely waiting for that.
0: All right. Well, thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate you joining me for this episode.
2: Thank you. Glad to have joined.
0: Thanks for listening to the Owen podcast today. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to let others know about it. For more information about OMP, including how to get involved and support this ministry with your generous donations, go to OzarkMissionProject.org. I'm happy to let you know that OMP exceeded its Giving Tuesday goal. As I record this ending, the total is $23,751, so thanks for contributing. If you'd still like to, you may certainly do so. If you happen to be listening to this in December, I wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. If not, well, the holidays will probably roll around again sometime soon, so I think it still applies. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace.